Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 411 recorded live on May 9th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who started talking like this first, Dave Play. So are, are, are we doing this for this episode? And the man who has decided that no, we are not going to do this for this episode, Andy Lohai. Okay, you had me like, it might not be a bad April Fool's if we could actually do an entire episode like that. We'd probably have to stop a bunch of times, though. Yeah, that was starting to... My throat is already sore for some odd reason. Because you're not used to doing that sort of thing? No, no, I woke up with a sore throat. It was... Ah. I, I don't know why. Something probably with the weather. It's humid. I don't know. Usually that helps with sore throats, doesn't it? I know, like, but if it's no, too yeah. dry. I'm not sure, but yeah, no, I woke up with a tickle in the back of my throat and a lot of phlegm in there, and I'm just... Oh, no. Don't give in to it, Andy. Don't give in to it. Don't give in to what? Getting sick. I don't get... Well, I when I do get sick, I get sick. Right. So don't get sick. Right. Don't I'll give try, in. I'll try, I'll try not to. You'll try not to. Don't... Don't... There is no try. Just don't give in. Well, I know I don't get it from anybody at work because the number of people I actually physically interact with at work, it's not that much. Do you touch things that other people touch? Not very often. Like door handles? Okay, doorknobs, yes. I have to, if I really wanted to, I could actually come in through the basement door that not which many no people... no one else uses. Yeah, which nobody else uses. In my office, I could do it that way, but then I would feel like I'd be like a hermit recluse sort of person then. I mean, you're the IT guy. That's how everyone else sees you anyway. <laughs> You you are the one who, like, if they need to recognize that you exist, it means that something went wrong. <laughs> I actually did something similar during the Christmas party at work because you know, there's a bit of a turnover rate in the radio industry. Well, sometimes. Uh, okay. So we always go around the Christmas party and introduce everybody. Yeah. And um, it was my turn to, to talk. So I stand up and I'm like, oh, hi, you all know who I am. If you don't, that's great. <laughs> Keep it that way. <laughs> I, I hope those aren't the actual words you use. I, it's something pretty similar to that. Because that sounds like really aggressive. <laughs> like, I don't know you. I don't want to know you. Stay away. Oh, ev- everybody, everybody loves me. Everybody, everybody knew who I was. If not, uh, if I have a feeling people would have told them. But Okay. <laughs> Andy. Can't do that, Andy. I, I thought oh, it was whole. Yeah. Everybody, everybody Everyone chuckled. Left. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but was it like a chuckle, like ah ha ha, that was funny, or like ah ha, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Uh-huh, no, I think uh-huh. it was. I think everybody thought it was funny. I'd have to ask Kate. She's currently in the shower, though, so not a, a good time to no. interrupt and ask. No, that'd be an, that'd be a weird interruption. <laughs> hey, Kate, you remember the office party? <laughs> Oh, okay. So Andy's getting sick. Dave is not, hopefully. Don't you dare spread it to me. What, do you think I'm going to send you a virus over the internet? I, I don't know. Do you have the ability to do that? Because it's happened before where you got sick and then very shortly after I got sick. I have a feeling if that was my superpower, that would be a crappy superpower. I can infect people's bodies over the internet, but only with things that I'm sick with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, what a lame-ass superpower. Oh, that would be terrible. It's like, well, I've got a cold, so I guess I can make people uncomfortable? Unless I came down with some sort of debilitating disease. Then, supervillain right off the bat. Like, okay, everyone else is sick. But what, like, what disease would you do? Like I said, if I got some sort of form of cancer or something. You'd just, like, give everyone cancer? Well, not everyone, just probably the bad people. So is that a supervillain or a vigilante? Probably a vigilante, because I have a feeling that, you so know... you're not really stopping them from doing anything, you're just giving them cancer. I'm stopping them from making long-term plans? This got really dark really <laughs> fast, and I'm going to back away from this right now. I recommend, Andy, that you do the same. I've got four 12-packs of Baja Blast in my apartment right now. That's a bit of a non sequitur. <laughs> well, I'm backing away. You have how much Baja Blast? Four 12-packs. You have 48 cans. You have yes. a month's worth of Baja Blast. Probably even more than a month because I don't have one every day. Why did you, what are you stockpiling for? Because the last time it came out, I thought, hey, this is great. So I grabbed a couple cases of it 
and then I could never find them again. So this is just the preparation for the long winter. Yes. <laughs> or technically the long summer, but yes, I have. Four cases of Baja Blast. Yes. I'm not a, that huge a fan of Baja Blast. Like, I get it with Taco Bell because it's there. I get it because I enjoy the taste of it. So do you go to Taco Bell? Not that often because Taco Bell is not that great. Yeah, but they have Baja Blast whenever you want. Yes, but I have to, I feel like if I go to Taco Bell, I'm going to be ordering food there, and their food, meh. You don't need to order their food. Just get a large Baja Blast, which is the equivalent of like five cans worth. True. Right? These are, well, four cans. These are 12 ounces, and I think their large is like a 36 or a 48 ounce. Internet probably knows. Yes, the internet probably knows. Uh... Taco Bell extra large drink has room for 40 ounces, but normally only contains 26 ounces of pop. Oh, because it's like 14 ounces of ice. Yeah. Just ask them for low ice or no ice. Yeah, just ask them for no ice. It's cold when it comes out of the machine anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, they have Baja Blast slushies. They also have Baja Blast in 24-ounce cans. Those are big cans. Yes, well, they're twice the size of a normal can. Yeah. I think they're actually larger in diameter as well. Well, are they exactly twice the height? I don't know. I'd have to actually like get up and grab one of the 24-ounce cans and compare it to the... Why do you have a 24-ounce can? Because they were on sale. <laughs> I could get three of them for $5. This is you. You say this like they are on sale. I have three for five dollars, and what I hear in my head is because I have a problem. <laughs> wow, they are bigger. They, yeah, they're not as twice as tall. Probably like yeah. one and a half as tall. So they increase the diameter as well. Yeah, which makes me uh, realize that when you were talking about your watch last week, yep, I was drinking out of a twenty-four ounce can. Oh, so the diameter was bigger. The diameter was bigger. That's why it looked one. okay. Yep. No, grab a normal can. And you said the inside ring on the bottom fits just around the watch. It's not actually. I mean, I guess technically it would also be the inside ring on the top. Yeah, it would cover most of my wrist, but yeah, that's that's not as bad as the twenty four ounce can. I put that one on my wrist. I'm like, holy crap! No, no, no. Normal (laughs) can. Normal can. Okay. There we go. Found the discrepancy. Oh, much better. Much better. Okay. Were you drinking a 24 ounce of Baja Blast last week? Yes. Yes, I was. Now I kind of want to go back through the episode last week and like measure your energy level through the whole thing. Oh, I already had started before we had started recording, so. Yeah, but it takes a little while for caffeine to actually kick in. I didn't drink all of it during the episode. Why not? Because I don't have that much of a problem. <laughs> Just most of a problem. Just a little bit of a problem. Can can you can you quit whenever you want, Andy? Yes, yes, I can. Don't ask me to quit now because I got four twelve packs here that I have. To- <laughs> <laughs> I can quit whenever I want. Just not now. I already had stockpiled. Not right now. I, I don't feel like it right now. Because Dave thinks I can quit whenever I want. Huh? Yeah. Kate says maybe. You should take... Oh, you, never mind. You you shouldn't do this. What? I was going to say you should take one of those 12 packs and like put it in the basement for a couple months so you forget about it. But you don't have a basement. No. I have a patio shed, but that's outside, so they're going to get warm. Well, yeah. That's just a waste of Mountain Dew. You cool it off before you drink it. It's sealed in a small aluminum can. It's not going to go bad in there. At least not in the first couple months. I need to turn off those notifications. Yes, we do. Um, who thought we'd have to do that? Turn off notifications. First it's silence our cell phones. Now it's all right. We need to shut off Google Talk or Google Hangouts. Sorry. Yeah. So, topics? Sure. Uh, Fitbit is going public. Yes. They want to go for a $100 million IPO. Okay. How much per share does that come out to? Uh, I'm not sure how many shares don't know. they want. Okay. I'd actually would have to... Uh, oh, uh, the price dollar a share is still not completed yet. Ah. Why? The only advantage to going public is getting a rapid infusion of a lot of money. Yes. $100 million worth is what they're trying to do. So why are they going public? Are they just trying to cash out? I don't know. Because, yes, the devices they have sold are going up. The revenue is going up. Their active users are going up. But for how long? Right. 
have we already have we passed the threshold where it's going to keep increasing is it going to start slowing down that's what my guess is i feel like there's going to be a couple more years of increase but you literally they they announced this right after the apple watch came out i i I feel like the the, we've already yes yes fitness trackers were a nice intermediate device they got people into the idea of wearing something digital on their wrist my Fitbit goes in my pocket. So you still have a Fitbit and your 360? Yeah. Hmm. Have you tried comparing the two of them data-wise? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, my Fitbit said 15,000 steps. My 360 said 14.6. So they were within 900 steps of each other. So it was actually 15.5 and 14.6. Hmm. That's not too far off. No. Let's see. Uh, 15.5 divided by 14.6. Yeah. It's... Six percent difference. Oh, I um, I I honestly don't know why they're doing this. Money. Yeah, that's why they're doing it to make a lot of money. And they, I do have to say, they are great devices. Yes, I really like my uh my little Fitbit. And in fact, not are they great devices. I I will admit I've had amazing customer service with Fitbit. Mm-hmm. I believe I mentioned it on the show, but like my Fitbit just stopped working and I emailed their support and said, like, I tried X, Y and Z. And they said, oh, yeah, no, we, we can see from here that it hasn't registered in like three months. So show us a proof of purchase and we'll send you a new one for free. I do believe Kate got the, the wristband for yours for free, right? Your Fitbit when it broke? Yeah. Uh, Kate's, the, the little rubber thing that it sits in broke on hers, and so they just sent us another one. Yep. The question is, are they going to keep doing things like that once they're public? I don't know. Hopefully they will. Can they afford that sort of customer service? Well, according to their devices sold and revenues, they probably, well, because they're going to keep expanding so they can, can they keep up the personalized service? Hard to say. But they're going public. Yay. Yes. What's the ticker? Uh, Fit. Wow. What exchange is it going to be on? Uh, right in New York. Yeah, I'd have to dig through the SEC filing. Whoa. What? Three years, they went from 600,000 to 9.5 million. Mm-hmm. In three years? Mm-hmm. The hell did they do to get so popular? I mean, they are. I go out and I see everyone wearing one. But what the hell? It's very impressive. So Fitbit gained a lot of users, like yes. a shit ton of users. Blizzard, on the other hand, <laughs> is having a small issue. Oh. Uh, so you remember we talked about how a lot of people signed back up for Warlords of Draenor. Yes. They've all left. <laughs> Like every, so WoW was hovering around 7.3, 7.1 million uh, when Warlords came out. Yes. And then they got a bump up to like 10 million. <laughs> and now it's back down to 7.1. That's funny. So six months-ish, they, they had like huge subscriber numbers and then just they all left. My guess is everybody hit the end game and was like, well, there's not really much end game. All right. That's good. I'm done. I'm out. Peace. We, I mean, we've stopped. I killed the subscriptions. It was still fun. There's still stuff to do, but we had started playing other games. We were getting into Heroes of the Storm. We were playing, um, what else were we playing? We were playing other games. Laura started playing Diablo again, uh, playing Hearthstone. Like, there were just so many other options that WoW time kept falling. And so we're like, nope, we'll just kill the subscription. Yeah, I've got, I honestly, Hearthstone is, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's perfectly acceptable for that one, especially since my last two arena runs were uh, eight wins and seven wins. Not bad. No. Not bad at all. I love, okay, so what I'm doing now is actually when I'm doing the arena runs, normally I would just be like taking the, the, the different web people who go, hey, if you pick these, these, and these cards, you should probably pick this one. Mm, so you're cheating. Well, I'm learning because now I go and I pick, um, oh, I got some more Steam training cards. <laughs> Andy. Sorry. Um, okay. I figure out which one I would pick and why, and then I look at the three different trackers that I follow and see which ones they would pick. So you're cheating. Well, I'm comparing notes. Okay. So you're cheating. No, it's fine. 
Uh, I'm, I'm not letting the, the computer play for me. I still have to play these decks, right, right. which that's, that's, half, that's half the game. The game. Yeah. I'd point out that it's only half the game. The other half is actually constructing the deck. The more interesting piece about this, not, well, I don't know about more interesting. The other interesting piece, other than Blizzard losing 3 million users, they actually have a tracker of all the different uh, expansions and what the, the populations were during those times. And it's pretty interesting to see what happened and, and how people have reacted to it. Wow, I didn't realize it started to fall during Cataclysm. Yep, it started to fall at the end of Wrath. I mean, keep in mind, by that point, it was a six-year-old game. Yeah. It still gets a spike with each expansion, and that's probably going to become more and more pronounced. But yeah, if they if they don't keep you in it, people are just going to leave. Mm-hmm. Granted, we're still talking about a number of seven million. Yeah. Could you imagine if we had seven million listeners? God. I don't know what we'd do. Probably, <laughs> probably be working for NPR or something. Probably quit my day job. Probably focus on this full time or spin it into a series on NPR. That'd be actually pretty easy to do, right? Like you go to NPR and be like, we have 7 million dedicated listeners. We'd like a radio show. Or we just work with them for distribution. Well, yeah, that would be the same thing. You're right. Never mind. It'd be exactly the same thing. Sorry. (laughs) Hi, we have 7 million listeners. We'd like some time on the radio. So, it's not on the list here, but Hearthstone's actually at uh, 50 million users. 15? 50. 50? 50. 5-0. I do believe so. Wow. How many people are still playing LOL? Oh, sorry. Uh... 30 million, not 50. Okay. That's still a lot of people. Yeah. It's reportedly earning $155,000 a day. Um, according to Riot on their, their site about their games, which I don't know how outdated it is, 67 million people play LOL every month. Jeez. 27 million play every day. There's 7.5 million people playing during peak time. So the number of people currently subscribed to World of Warcraft is lower than the number of active players who are currently logged in during the peak time per day of League of Legends. It's nuts. That's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy nuts. So what else we got on here? Uh, oh, plenty. <laughs> Mist. Mist. Didn't we talk com- about Mist like a week ago, two weeks ago? We were talking about CD drives. Yes. And why people had CD drives, and you brought up Mist. Okay, yes. so we've missed. Mist TV show. How does that work? I don't know, but it's going to be coming to Hulu pending a script approval. But it's a silent protagonist. You'd, you'd walk around. Like, the show would just be someone walking around and looking at puzzles. Unless, did, you ever, did you ever Did you ever read the, the mist? The history. It could be the lore, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, did you ever read the books? No, but wasn't it that there was some dude who had a, a magic power of being able to create worlds in books? Well, it was, it, was part, it was a gift that you could do with the books and the ink and that sort of stuff. The books were actually pretty interesting. I don't remember anything about them but they were pretty interesting i think there's a mist lore in a minute video probably yes there's lore mist in a minute it's really a minute and 19 seconds but close enough i should probably watch that again it's like it had to do with this guy and his two sons and well yeah and his father as well yeah i don't know it's messy yeah i just remember that you could beat the game by going to the fireplace and putting in the right code and that was about it yeah, but the only way to know what that code is, is you'd have to discover the other, you'd have to find all the pages. No, it was in one of the books on the bookshelf. Well, yes, but that book was full of codes. Yeah, you just had to find the right one. Only takes you like 67 tries. <laughs> of course, to know that there is a book on the bookshelf, and to know that there is a secret code entry point on the back of the fireplace. You had to go to, you had to, go to two separate worlds to find the two separate pages. Well, the, the, the two halves of the same page to know that there was a secret fireplace there. And then you had to find enough of the red and blue pages for the guys to tell you um, where the book is and what code to use. Did you ever do the bad endings? Yes, I did that. When I was faced with the three pages, I um, I I was I saved the game there, and I did each one. Especially since both the guys told me not to open the book that's there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really, if both of you guys told me not to open that book, let me open. I'm going to open that book. Oops. So a missed TV show. If yes. it's the lore, that could that could actually work. Yes. They'd have to be really careful about like callbacks to the game because no one's going to remember the game. No. 
So how much of the game do you remember? Let's see. There was the... There's a rocket ship. Rocket ship. And a lighthouse. Gear, lighthouse, tree, ship. Are those the five? Rocket ship, gear, it Wasn't ship, the tree in the other world? Tree, light... Well, it's, a, it's actually a clock tower, not a lighthouse. I think those were the five worlds in Mist. Let me check my Wikipedia page to see how well I did. Come on, where is that? It really is. This is more complicated than I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I search for Mist Ages, there's the game actually. Uh, Mist 5, End of Ages. Mist uh, 1, 2, 3, 4. Mist, Clock Tower, Canicles, the ship, Channel Woods, the tree, Stone Ship. Oh, no, Stone Ship's the ship. Rocket Ship is the other one. Oh, God. Oh, Mist. That was a fun game. I just watched the entire lore video while you were doing that. <laughs> I just want to point that out. So, missed TV show, Oculus Rift. It's kind of funny that um, I was at work listening to our morning show host because the guy who I normally listen to in the morning got moved to a different station. And they were t- actually pointed out that the Oculus Rift was going to be coming out next year. And he tried to describe it to the other guy. He on said, the radio. On the radio. And he said, I think it's like more advanced Google Glass. Did, did you want to, like, knock on the window? I came up there and I'm like, mm, not really, no. More advanced Google Glass. It's more like the Microsoft HoloLens. Yeah, that's not going to help them, Andy. Yeah, no, he just stared at me. Mm. What you should say is it's, well, go back to, like, the 1980s, 1990s VR headsets, the ones where it goes over your eyes. It's that, but way more advanced and much smaller. Yeah. It still but- goes over your eyes. It is a fully immersive piece. But I do have to say, though, that it's that was kind of telling where you get two people who have no idea what the Oculus is trying to figure out what the Oculus is. Five mice and an elephant. What? The story about the mice and the elephant. Also sometimes replaced with blind men and an elephant. You have heard this before, Andy. You get three blind men who come up to an elephant. One of them touches the... Oh, uh, okay. The, the nose, it's like, ah, an elephant is like a snake. One touches the, the leg, it's like, no, an elephant is like a tree, right? It's people yeah. who have an incomplete piece of the picture. True. So the question then becomes, okay, if this is released to the public, are we going to be a niche audience for this? The Rift? Yeah. I don't know. But man, I'm really tempted to, to pick it up. I don't think I am going to pick it up. No? Are you no. going to wait for another version or just never get one? I don't know. VR, to, I don't know. VR to what, me, I'm not sure. What happens when it goes mainstream? Hopefully then Best Buy will have it and then I can demo oh. it live. Best Buy will probably have this anyway. Are you kidding? Well, okay. So hopefully they'll actually have a demo unit up available so I can actually try it out and see. My only concern with it is that it's so isolating. Right? Like, right now when I'm playing games, I can turn around and I can see Laura, and I turn around and I see Lazarus on the floor, and if I'm wearing the the Oculus, that is not going to happen. Now, it is going to be just you with a headset on. So yes, it'll be great for single-player experience, but is gaming really single-player experience anymore? Gaming is inherently a social experience. I maintain that statement. But we will hear much more about it at... E3. Yes. The Electronic Entertainment Expo. When is that this year? It's coming up. June, June 3rd? And you want to go to LA? June, sorry, June 16th. June 16th. I don't have the days off to go to E3. Oh, okay. Maybe some other time. So other gaming news. Mm Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a this is a little one, a little piece that was kind of funny, was the fact that, um, so I talked about the... Blackrock Mountain expansion of Hearthstone, right? Yeah. So that that let out a couple of new cards, just a handful, not like the massive number of cards that Goblins came out with. But Hearthstone's all about the guys who are, you know, live gaming Hearthstone. Right. So a bunch of them all go through the the game, they go through the new cards, and they kind of give them like a thumbs up or thumbs down or... Why did they put this card in? Nobody's going to use this sort of thing there. And one of the cards that a lot of them poo-pooed was this one called Grim Patron, which after it got released to everybody, people suddenly realized that the card is uh, one of the game changer sort of cards. What does it do? Whenever the minion survives damage, it summons another copy of it. What? Yeah. Okay. 
So there are a couple of things that you can do with the warrior deck that can allow the card to be used right away and have it, if it survives damage, have its copy be used right away. And then there's ways for warrior deck to do a slight, like, one ping damage to all cards on the table. Yep. So I thought it was kind of funny that, because, you know, it's the internet, everybody kind of saves these things. And so somebody created a video of all these major Hearthstone players poo-pooing this card, and then it kind of interspersed it a little bit with... People who, you know, like attained number one legendary rank using this deck. Yeah. So. Yeah, because if you, I assume it, it's a very weak card. It's a 3-3 three, three card, so it's, it's on the weaker three, side. 3-3? Three? Yeah. Damn. So it's on the weaker side, but it, it's got a little bit of stickiness. Especially, you know, if you can create about six of them in one turn. For probably like five mana total. Five, six mana, something around that line, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that could actually be pretty beastly. Yeah. Which everybody, when they first saw it, were like, eh, whatever. I think it's the same thing they realized with Dr. Boom came out, was everybody was like, yeah, no, nobody's going to use this. And it's one of those cards that it's a game changer. People have adjusted their decks because of that card. Because, like, I need to be worried, what if my opponent is using that card? Yes, because the people who have it, they will play it. Yep. So that's your eating Hearthstone Crow? Yeah. All the the pros were like, ah, this card is terrible, and now they're all using it? Yep. Yep. What else do we have for gaming news? Nintendo! So we we haven't done a fantastic job on reporting on Nintendo because I don't think we've pointed out Nintendo has not been profitable since 2011. They've been announcing losses. Now, 2011, when did the Wii U come out? I don't know. I don't own one. I do. Yeah, Wii U came out in 2012. So from before the Wii U came out, they were losing money. And they have continued to lose money, more and more money, until now. Nintendo has reported its first profitable quarter. Well, what caused the profits? I mean, everything that they're doing. The Wii U is actually part of it. Really? Yeah. You sound taken aback at that. Because it's the Wii U, and I didn't know if that was a... uh... You you don't have one. Have you tried one? Have you gotten to play with one? No. I have one. It's pretty darn convenient when I'm downstairs and Laura's on the TV, and I'm like, I want to play on the Wii. And so I just take it and play on it, because I can switch it to be the local screen but between like mario kart 8 and smash brothers and zelda they're doing pretty good well i'm glad that nintendo's making money yay what else we have uh good old games galaxy which is a google good old games version of steam why what's wrong with just using their website well this one's got the one click installs backup copy downloads offline support auto updates so it's got all the things that make steam steam in this one but it's drm free and yeah huh it's still good old games but it's got all the stuff there with matchmaking achievements with matchmaking yeah are you sure good old game galaxy powered multiplayer games offer matchmaking and online play whoa that's pretty cool crossplay enabled games offer online play between good old games and steam so if you got a game on good old games and I got it on Steam... We could still play with each other. Yes. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Uh, okay. Yeah, Join friends the beta. list, chatting. I'm so signing up for the beta. Yeah. They, so if you want to try a different Steam, yep. sign up for the beta. It's a public that's, beta now. That's pretty clever. I thought it was quite interesting. It's like, oh really, they're... Somebody's actually competing against Steam, and I feel like these guys have... I mean, Origin is trying to compete against Steam. Yeah, but this is like the exact opposite of Origin. <laughs> there's there's this kind of like um, spectrum, and you have Origin on one end and Steam on the other. And now we're looking at this and saying, well, maybe Steam isn't actually on the end. Maybe it's in the middle. Yeah. It seems like good old games is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yes. Okay. I, I would agree to that 100%. Well, we'll maybe have a review of it sometime soon. If, you know, one of us gets into the beta. Yep. Could probably just email them and say, like, hey, we want to review it. Probably. You could try that. Okay. So speaking of Steam, there was a big hoopla this week. Yeah. About a game. I forgot what the game was called. Uh, Oh, yeah. Kill the Faggot. What? Yes, that was the name of the game. What? The game's sole developer and owner um, said that the game was, the idea of the game was to murder gays and transgenders while avoiding killing straight people. What? Yeah, that's what it was. And it was on green light. 
for a hot minute. Yeah. I, why? How did he, Isn't there an approval process to get on Greenlight? That's an excellent question because somehow this game got on Greenlight. I thought there was an approval process. Well, makes you wonder what that approval process is now. Wow. I just made this game to piss off those people that are way too overly sensitive. Wow. Yeah, this this guy's just being an asshole. Yeah. Really? Are there people who are overly sensitive? Yes. We, we see those stories every once in a while about things that are completely ridiculous. But this, this, no, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. What's Valve's reaction to this? Well, they pulled the game and uh, they pulled the game. So there's their reaction to it ridiculous i'm just i wow so yeah that, that makes me wonder what is there anything in Greenlight other than you know a boilerplate sort of approval process because yeah wow wow i'm just still absolutely so stunned that this this made it that far mm-hmm. yeah it, it's uh it's something so do you want to talk about any of the stuff that we tried to talk about last week but ran out of time? Since Tesla. I'm you know, looking at the clock right now oh god uh tesla made a battery yes they're selling it to houses, well, to house owners, homeowners, and businesses. Coming in uh, three sizes, because there's the power wall, which is the 10 kilowatt hour and 7 kilowatt hour modules. And then there is the power pack, which is for business, which comes in 100 kilowatt hour blocks that can be scaled from 500 kilowatt hours up to 10 megawatt hours. Well, I think we found out what they're doing with that new battery factory. Yes. Um, so the the general idea behind these is that you, as a homeowner, buy one. Now, yes. from this point, there's really two main options. One, you own solar panels. Or some sort of alternative energy. Yep, or you, you produce your own energy somehow, either by wind, solar, or like gas and diesel, whatever it is, you have a generator of some sort. Yes. This allows you to store up a lot of that power. So during the, the day, you're running off the solar, and during the night, you're running off of this battery. The other side of it is you don't own solar or wind or any other sort of power, in which case you actually end up charging this thing during the night when power is cheaper. And then you use it to supplement your power during the day so that you don't have to consume as much during the peak times. That is correct. How long would it take to pay for that? It depends on where you live. Because one of the other ones I have down here at the bottom, which is the Tesla battery econ lesson, is it effective, cost effective in the United States today to do it? Depends on where you're at. It, other places of the world, yes, it is. This would be perfectly cost effective to pay it off. So it depends where you live on the U.S. depending on what, like the different rates? The different rates, how much... Um, like what else you have attached into it, what type of day-night electricity costs are going on in where you live, that sort of thing there. So right now it's on the cusp. So it might be cost-effective in some areas, might not in others. In about three to five years, yes, this will be cost-effective basically anywhere. Because Once, the price of it is expected to go down? Yes, the cost of batteries is dropping fast. Ah. So if the price of batteries drops down, that means the price of this will be able to drop down. It'll be cheaper, and then you'll be able to either A, get more battery power in the thing, or have it at a cheaper price, one of the two, both of which will make it more cost-effective than what it currently is. So at this point, it actually doesn't really matter if, if, uh, if we tell you to buy this or not, because Tesla is sold out until mid-2016. Oh, so by that time, it will actually be... <laughs> The new factory that they built, basically to produce these, working at capacity, will take a year to fulfill the current orders. All right. So, okay. So the average grid electricity price in the U.S. right now is 12 cents per kilowatt hour. The guy did the math, and right now it's currently at 15 cents per kilowatt hour for the battery pack. So it's not as as cost effective. No. Now, that said, I did read some other interesting articles about this. First off, uh, as Laura is, is correctly pointing out behind me, that it's going to be really good for things like brownouts. It's going to be really good for things like losing power for an hour to because the battery could actually run your house for that long. Yes. Uh, but the other side of it is if you look at the electric production side, power plants right now 
don't want to produce extra power. No, it right? it does them no good. You, it, it is worse than not producing enough for them. Yes. So they try not to produce extra, which is why during low consumption time, they shut down parts of the plant. If people aren't using the power, they don't produce it. But if everyone were to have these batteries, and I mean like everyone were to have these batteries, then they could start to even out the power production. Peak consumption would drop because people would be using the batteries. Off-peak consumption would go up because the batteries would need to charge. Yes. So you're going to lose your savings on the off-peak, but then you're also not going to have to pay as much because the peak... Well, but, but carry it further. Don't look at it from the consumer perspective. Look at it from the producer. Because now there aren't peak times. Now, instead of having to worry about shutting down and turning on the plant, you can just leave the plant at a consistent pace, which makes everything easier. Yes. So that was one of the, like, here's a potential utopia piece. And, of course, also if you have solar panels, then it makes the whole thing worth it anyway. Yeah. How much does it cost to get solar panels nowadays? Well, it depends on if there are uh, federal and state um, tax credits. Yeah. It also depends on what quality of solar cells you get as well. Do-it-yourself solar. Wholesalesolar.com. Wow. You may run into do-it-yourself information on the web about building your own solar panels, which we don't really recommend. No. <laughs> don't actually build your own solar panels. That... Assemble them. You can put them on your house. Don't build your own. Let's see. I can buy a 45-watt solar panel kit right now for $140. I don't, I don't know what I'd need for consumption. How do I find out how much wattage I'd need? Well, uh, what's your energy bill? What's your electricity bill? That's what I'm looking up. Uh, MGE, right? Madison Gas. Madison Gas and Electric. Let's find out, shall we? Uh, nope, we won't be able to find out right now. Is the website down? Nope, my password login thing is. <laughs> so I can't log into certain things. Oh, here it goes. It'll take me a sec to log in, though. Two-factor authentication. Welcome to Dashlane install. But it's going to want to make... No, I'll do it later. We'll find out another time. Let's see. Back to the topics. We're running out of time. Yeah. Normally, granted, I we're probably at what? Probably six hundred kilowatt hours. Last time I was doing the math here during the summer, it was about six hundred kilowatt hours. Look and see if I've got a bill nearby. I think I I either left it downstairs or I threw it out because I pay it online anyway. Okay. What else? What else do we got here? Hans actually wrote a blog post about board game copyright laws. Yeah. And they were, so supposedly they're actually trying to strengthen copyright laws in board games to protect game mechanics. Game mechanics? Yeah. So like worker placement as a mechanic could be something that's copywritten? Yes. I feel like that's a bad choice on the part of the consumers. I feel like that is a bad thing. Because you think about most... Most games... There are are some common mechanics. Yeah. Typically, once you know enough board games, you learn new board games by comparing them to old ones. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's got the the military aspect of risk combined with the um, supply of diplomacy and resource gathering, kind of like Catan. Yeah, I... uh... I was with uh, my brother-in-law. Brother? Is that what Ben would technically be? Yeah. How are you uh, related? Yeah, it's, uh, Kate's sister's husband. Technically is your brother-in-law. Yeah. So um, he wanted to learn a new game called uh, Castles of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And in the, the games, they're going, oh, this is sort of like uh, like Puerto Rico sort of thing there. But then there's also like a little bit of Catan sort of in there. And it's like, oh, so it's like this, this, and this. Okay, I I get it now. So it's like tile placement, set collecting, and it's like, okay, I remember these all these different mechanics from the other games. They're just put in a different way, and the game works. But if, you know, the the, the idea of tile placement was patented and copyrighted, that, that I... No, I'm sorry, yeah. but no, there's, it's, I feel like there really needs to be copyright and patent reform in the United States. Cause there's a lot so, of things that, so this is, this is Aaron saying, you know, no, this is actually a bad idea, right? I do believe so. Okay. I'm actually reading through it. It's, it's a very, it, it doesn't feel like it's something that Aaron wrote. Maybe uh Smokewitz wrote it. No, I would believe Aaron wrote it. It just doesn't feel like something Aaron wrote because there's no typos. 
I, I had to. I had the honor of of being the person who would look over Aaron's papers in research seminar. Oh my goodness! Like Aaron, what word is this? <laughs> no, I can read the letters. What word is this supposed to be? Yeah, no. Ap- this is actually very well written, and and I encourage people to read through this. So what else we got? So much. Uh, Keurig. Yep. Keurig is in some deep trouble. Because uh, they currently uh, did not meet their revenue and sales for the quarter, and their stock is down about 10%. Their stock is down 25% from the start of the year. Their stock dropped 10% in a single day Oof. because they messed up. And, I mean, we, we called this one, right? Yeah. Keurig 2.0 when they first announced it and they're like, yeah, you're only going to be used for be able to use first party cups. And we were like, well, that's a bad decision. Turns out their CEO now agrees with us. <laughs> Said, nope, that was a mistake. That was dumb. I mean, when another company literally produces stuff to get around your DRM. You're in trouble. Yeah. This was a just a, such a poor choice on their part. But their CEO has admitted it. He's like, no, this was a bad decision. And they are moving away from it. They're backtracking from it. They're saying, no, we're not going to do this. There's going to be a My K-Cup filter, which will allow you to use third-party cups again. Well, that's good. The next versions of their machines won't have the DRM built in. Well, that's good. I'm actually tempted to, since their stock took such a hit... I'm thinking maybe it'll come back. Oh, it's already back up again. It's up by uh, 4%. Oh, so I totally missed my chance. Yeah. So that's funny. We're like, K-Cups 2.0. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's a bad idea, guys. That's a bad idea. Nope. So speaking of making a product better, turns out one company kind of started digging around the Apple Watch and found a hidden diagnostic port on the watch. in the wristband, right? Yes. Or between the wristband and the watch. Yes. So, um, after Oops. playing around with the port, they found that you could actually be, uh, use it for charging the watch. Oh, ho, ho. because what was the biggest complaint about the Apple watch? Battery no, life. The battery and the battery life. Yeah. Well then, could I, could I make a wrist strap that has a battery in it? A company called Reserve Strap is already working on that. Well, there you go. Oh my God. That's got to be pissing Apple off to no end. You know, people talk about what a great innovator Steve Jobs was and how amazing he was. And I usually kind of poo-poo that. So like, look, he he was a great businessman. He was not a great innovator. But he did have the ability to look at a product and say, only if X, right? Yes, we can we can do a smartphone, we can do a touch phone, but only if it has this sort of battery and has this much memory and has this kind of screen. I have a feeling that he would have looked at the watch and said, yes, but only if the battery can last two days. And if you can't make it do that, then figure it out. And putting a battery in the strap probably would have helped with that. Especially since you can get flexible battery capacity stuff right now. Yeah, and I I feel like leaving a diagnostic port open, even if it was hidden, was something that would not have, have flown. That would not have gone past. So, you know, oops. Oops, but good on Reserve Strap for uh, noticing that, figuring it out and going, oh, we can we can do something with that. So the one thing that's not on the Strap website yet is A, a price, and B, how much battery power they'd be able to charge it. But still. Yeah. Man, what a, oh, God. All right. What else we have? You can buy a used Tesla now. Yay! How much? Well, depends on the pre-owned Tesla. Depends on where you're at. And uh, let's see, a Chicago one. Any model, any color. Uh, I could get one for $55,000. Oh, God. It's still so much. You could get a pre-owned Tesla for fifty-five. You can get a brand new top-of-the-line Prius for forty, And I mean like top-of-the-line with all the options. I don't doubt it. And that's in the Chicago area. D.C. it would be 68000 Holy crap. Yep. I'm good. I'm good. Model S is coming out, what, March of next year? I'm good. I don't need it. Um, the supercharger takes, what, like three hours? No, the supercharger only takes, I think, like 45 minutes. Okay. 
Because I'd still have to do that, right? If I got a Tesla, I'd still have to take it to, like, the supercharger once a week. Or you would have something installed in your garage. Or I'd put something in my garage. But if I do it in my garage, I have to pay for it. Yes. Or I could take it to the charger and not pay for it. Yes, that is also true. Does your work have any charging stations? No. And I, I actually wholeheartedly approve that decision. Um, the the logic behind it, the reasoning behind it is if we provide free electricity for electric cars, why aren't we providing free gasoline, free gasoline for, gas cars? for gas cars? Yes. And I, I like that decision. I support that. Contrary to what I had just said about not having to pay for the electricity over at the Tesla station. I'm glad you caught that one. Well, hey, if Toyota were offering free gas, I'd always go and fill up at Toyota. So speaking of cars, there is... You failed to see the contradiction here. (laughs) You're failing to see the hypocrisy of what you're doing? No, I I don't see hypocrisy there. So you'd be okay with going to a Toyota-branded gas station? If they didn't make me pay? If they didn't make you pay. Yeah. But you're not okay with your company offering free electricity to those people who have electric cars. Right, because my company doesn't make electric cars. If Tesla is willing to give me free electricity for my Tesla car, that's fine. I I feel like you're dancing in a gray area on this one. Okay, angels on the head of a pin. Moving on. Freightliner. Freightliner? Yeah, Freightliner, you know, like Mack trucks and all the other big rigs. Yeah. They have released a road-legal autonomous semi-truck on the roads in Nevada. Ah, really? Yep. Is there a person inside? Yes, that is the current state, is there actually is going to be somebody sitting in the driver's seat while this is... Well, technically, it's actually not driving yet, but they did get the go-ahead to drive with it. I, um, um... How's the Teamsters Union taking this? Probably not happy. Granted, do you remember the uh, uh, Humans Need Need Not Apply video? Yeah. For one of the first things they said, that would be the easiest thing for robots to take over would be the transportation industry. Yep. And lo and behold, Freightliner, which is actually owned by Mercedes-Benz, well, technically Daimler, um, came out with this. It's a level three autonomous vehicle. So there is actually, surprise, there's actually four levels of vehicle autonomy, according to the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. 70% of all domestic freight tonnage goes on trucks. Yes, that is, uh, semi-trucks are a backbone. Well, semi-trucks and actually trains as well. Well, if 70% goes on trucks, well, it's not exclusive, right? No. It's going to be on a train, then move to a truck. But the the point is, like, if, if trucks become automated, do you know how many people that is going to put out of a job? Yes, so many people. That is problematic. Not only that, but think of all the truck stops that are going to disappear as well. Yep, you won't need the truck stop. So that's another category of people out of a job. Oh my god. I mean, on the plus side, things will get cheaper, right? You won't have to pay the driver. Mm -hmm. And because they're autonomous, they can do the, um, shoot, what's it called? Drafting? Yes. Right? Where, like, they're they're close enough behind each other that they they can get the boost from the air. Yeah. And if their system's are coordinated if the first one needs to do an emergency break then the other ones know exactly what's going on and so yeah so they they will all emergency break yeah oh my god so technically there's only two of these in existence right now and they basically call it the future truck of 2025 so this is nothing 10 years 10 years away yeah they're guessing 10 years holy shit uh i think i need to go learn how to shoot a gun Because the revolution is like 15 years away. Think of, though, the... Well, the, the, one of the major concerns with drivers, especially with the thing with Tracy Morgan and the wall, uh, Walmart te- semi-truck driver, was the fact that the driver was driving beyond his legal limit of how many hours he was allowed behind the wheel. Yeah, but a lot of truckers do that. Yeah, I know, but think of right. the amount of safety that would also happen from this. Yes, yeah. you're going to have to have somebody behind the wheel because it's a level three and not a level four. I have no idea what these levels are. Well, if you, if you go to the, uh, it's in the article, I think if you scroll down to Four the, levels of vehicle autonomy. Yes. U.S. Department of Transportation. If you click that link and scroll down to the bottom, it lists the... Oh, sorry, there are actually five levels, because there's level zero, zero, which is no automation. No automation. One is function-specific, so this is the uh, stability control, pre-charge brakes. It's where, like, a lot of cars are right now. Yeah, so the car... Like, the Volvo that will stop before you... Um, oh, this is, like, ABS. Yeah. 
uh, adaptive cruise control and lane centering is level two. That's where like the high end cars are. Yes. Uh, level three is seating full control of all safety critical functions under certain traffic conditions. So you have a human driver and the driver ex- expected to be available for control, but with comfortable transition time. So like the car starting to beep and saying like, hey, you need to take control. Hey, you need to take control. Hey, you need to take control. You have control. Yeah. And it's also only specific traffic conditions, i.e. I'm guessing these big rigs will only work on the highway because the highway is a very enclosed system yep, that does not some, have... There are some definite rules on the highway that you don't have in other places. Yes. And you have a, you have a lack of outside influences like bicycles and pedestrians. Well, supposedly. Supposedly, yes. <laughs> uh, and then level four is full automation. Yes. So yeah, the future is coming. Future is here, and it's terrifying. I'm really scared of this. I'm okay with it until there's an accident. Also, how would these things handle... Well, granted, they have a person behind the wheel. Okay, so I understand that. But if they go completely autonomous, what's going to happen if they have a mechanical breakdown? Because a computer is not going to know what a mechanical breakdown is. They'll just notice that there's something wrong. So does that computer automatically know that it needs to like pull off to the side of the road and then call for help? Andy? Yeah? How long has a check engine light been there? Check engine light's not for everything. How long has the check engine light been there? The check engine light's been there for a while. Does the check engine light tell you when there's a mechanical breakdown? Not all the time. Not all the time, but does it tell you when there's a mechanical breakdown? Yes. Then I think they can figure out the rest. All right. So So, um, should we hit the, uh, randoms? Sure. Review? Yes. I want to talk, I want to talk about the Avengers Age of Ultron. So. Spoiler warning. Yeah, you'll hear my lovely voice to tell you how far you need to advance if you want to completely skip any and all talk of the Avengers. Spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this part. Come back when you've seen the movie. Or if you don't want, if... If, yeah, spoilers. All right, now that's taken care of Age of Ultron. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You sound surprised. Well, because it... I I overall enjoyed it. There was... A, from what I understood, with especially Joss Whedon, after this came out there, he this was the movie that broke Joss Whedon's back. I mean, he logged off of Twitter. Yeah, he but logged off of Twitter. Of the movie, it was because of certain things about the movie and about the fan reaction. Yeah, which Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow. Was handled poorly. Yes, there were a couple of times where I did like a physical eye roll during the movie with stuff that had to do with Black Widow. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there, there's the in-movie stuff about this and there's the out-of-movie stuff about this. Do we want to address the out-of-movie stuff? I feel like we have to address the in-movie stuff. The out-of-movie stuff there is people... The out-of-movie stuff is just stupid. It's, it's actors being idiots. Actors being idiots, public realizing that over the anonymous, somewhat semi-anonymous field of Twitter can say whatever they want to say. Man, everybody gets mean. Yep. Damn. So so that's the out-of-movie crap. I I really don't want to address it because I it, it just, for the most part, I think it's just stupid that it's happening in the first place. People said really stupid stuff and should apologize for it, and I, I don't want to go there right now. Damn, people in movie, are however, mean and dumb. In movie. In movie. There were some really bad choices made for the Black Widow character. Yes. Um, there were also some choices that would have been fine, but they they stressed the wrong pieces of it. And so the line that comes to me, and I, I talked with some friends out here about it, the now who's the monster equating being barren, being unable to have children to being a monster was a really poorly written line. Yes. The I intent the intent that that we are are kind of assuming and assigning because we're we're giving people the benefit of the doubt that they really aren't actually equating not being able to have children with being a monster is the whole thing about not being able to have children making her more of a perfect assassin. And it was something that was beyond her control. That was part of the program that she was in. Right. Now... Again, they shouldn't have focused on that, no. right? Like in those flashbacks, yes, there was that part. There was also the person that she shot who had a bag over his head. That one, I feel like that 
yes, she was created as a monster, not because of being, you know, sterilized, but the fact that she was messed up in the head. That she was willing to shoot a poor person, like just some random dude. No questions. Just kill this person. Which, did you watch the uh, Agent Carter TV series? Not yet. Okay, because they actually do a little bit of the Red Room stuff in this, the television series as well. Nice. So Yeah, but I... There was such a, a perfect setup from the first movie, right? The yeah. I have read in my ledger. Yes. And Loki even goes on for like 30 seconds about how much red that is. That would have been great. That would have been amazing to bring back for this movie. But they didn't. They didn't. So I've also got a little bit of a beef with Iron Man. Because it kind of seems like they took Iron Man 3 and then kind of forgot about it. Pretended it didn't happen. Because the last thing at Iron Man 3 was he destroyed the Iron Legion. Yep. And he's and like, okay, I'm done I'm done with the Iron back. Mans. Yep, it, and then they're just back. Yeah, and all right, of a sudden like, he's got this... He's got, he's got enough of those guys that the, I still remember in the beginning of the movie, there was the graffiti of them on the wall. I miss the graffiti. Yeah, during the first part when they land in Slakovia or wherever they're at, there's actually graffiti of the Iron Legion on the wall. And like people had like spray painted like evil signs on or money or something on the thing. Wow. So like the Iron Legion was back and people knew about it and also did not like them. Yeah. So it's like, well, Tony Stark said, okay, I'm going to give this up. And then all of a sudden comes back with the same exact thing. Yeah. I mean, the ending of Iron Man 3 was pretty terrible. Yeah. Oh. Now, Kate is pointing out that they are not the same Iron Legion, but... No, they're not the same Iron but he, Legion. he said he was done with the suits. Yeah, he was, was, the whole he point was done with the suits. That was the thing there. He's like, all right, no more. And then he got rid of his arc reactor as well. Yep. I didn't even notice that in this movie. Yeah, there was no arc reactor because he got it removed yeah. after the end of the I, last I one. I totally hadn't even noticed that. Wow. Yep. Now, the action sequences were pretty good. The beginning one, the opening sequence, I did not like. Really? I felt like... They gave, first off, I, I'm not sure a single shot in that opening sequence was an actual person. And I felt like they gave the entire opening sequence storyboard to the interns at Industrial Light and Magic. It was so poorly done. The CGI in that opening sequence was awful. I didn't think the CGI in the opening sequence was that bad. Go back and watch it again. It was terrible. Compared to the rest of the movie, compared to what we have nowadays, the opening sequence felt so fake. It didn't even feel fake in the like, wow, that's such a cool superhero fake. Just no, it was fake. The establishing shot where they're just like, you know, running in, they're they're coming in on tanks and motorcycles and all that. It was it was gross. What'd you think of the Hulk and Hulkbuster fight though? <laughs> that was funny. That was amazing. Oh, that was so that was so refreshing. I loved watching that. Well for Tony Stark's gonna take him down by literally dropping a building on top of him. And he's like, How quickly can we buy this building? <laughs> the um a thing that came out in interviews around when the movie was released, that whole sequence was supposed to be Grey Hulk. Isn't Grey Hulk like the anti Hulk? Nope. Grey Hulk is another form of Hulk. Oh, okay. There's Grey Hulk, there's Red Hulk, there's Green Hulk. Uh, Grey Hulk is a more intelligent Hulk, but is also just like pure rage. No, I think I think it worked out okay, because the Scarlet Witch was messing with everybody's head. Yep. And so that one, it made sense in the story context. Well, just no, have... it, it was still supposed to be Scarlet Witch messing with everyone's head, but it was that she unlocked Grey Hulk. Ah. And let him out. Hmm. Grey Hulk is a scary Hulk. That would have been confusing to those who do not know, like myself, that there are multiple Hulks. Yeah, but oh well. It worked mm -hmm. out very well still. So what do you think about the end the, the post-credits end. Well, it's way down the line. What's that, at least two, Infinity three wars? Yeah, I think 2017. Yeah. The Infinity War. Because you have Civil War, which is basically going to have everybody in the Avengers over again. Uh, are they? Yeah, Scarlet Witch is back. I don't think they're going to have Thor, but I know Scarlet Witch is back. Iron Man is back. Captain America is back. Are you sure Iron Man is back? Yeah, he's going to be. They just announced the whole cast. Heck, even Martin okay. Freeman is going to be in Civil War. Who did Martin Freeman play? Uh, they have an, an Martin Freeman, you know, from Sherlock. Sure. Bilbo. 
Okay, thank you. So yes, so the Marvel Universe now has Benedict Cumberbatch in it, and now Martin Freeman, which I feel like if those two got together... Again. Again. The third time. Yeah. Who's Cumberbatch playing? Uh, Doctor Strange. What? Yep. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure, why not? Um... So I also want to point out the whole thing with Thor and that well that made no sense the spirits the water spirits yeah yeah totally I feel like that one was kind of thrown in there just that, well they needed some exposition right they needed some way to bring in the rest of the stones yeah uh my my gripe with Thor was the scene where they have the cradle right yes Tony and and Banner are working on the cradle and working on uploading Jarvis and putting that together and the other Avengers walk in and like, what the fuck are you doing? And then just as shit's about to happen, Thor bursts into the room, summons lightning and charges the cradle. And everybody's arguing about how nobody should be acting without like without telling the others. And Thor comes in and he's like, boom, well, what you're going to do about it? So A, there's the what you're going to do about it. B, he had no idea what they were talking about. C, he had no idea about the cradle or what was in it. D, he had no idea what shocking the cradle with lightning would do. Well, he, he probably saw it in that weird well vision thing. No, I no. He saw the Infinity Stones and maybe knew that one of the the stones was in the cradle yeah i think about the more i think about that section it's like wait what but like the oh there's this random object here on the floor that my friends are all arguing over i'm going to stand on it and shock it with lightning that's true kate did point out that at least that stalin skarsgård kept his clothes on this time sure you didn't see thor too i did but i don't remember what part she's talking about <laughs> never mind then okay but like just poof, I'm I'm here and now I, I hit this. Well, he has a he has a way of doing that. Like in the first Avengers, he somehow shows up on Earth even though the uh, Tesseract is No, it's because the Bifrost was Oh, broken. the Bifrost was repaired at that time? No, he used the Tesseract, right? No no, Loki the had the Tesseract. Loki had the Tesseract. The Bifrost was broken. So how the hell did Thor get to Earth? Uh he got there somehow. Odin sent him. Hmm? Ah, dark energy, okay. He had to use the Tesseract to get back. Yes. It was a one-way trip without the Tesseract. Ah, all right. Which actually makes sense, because uh, the Tesseract is the space stone. God, there's so so many things, so many layers, which, that was part of the problem, is the fact that you could tell that this was kind of setting up more movies. Well, yes, but yeah. it also was this movie, right? That's, that's the cool thing that they've been doing with the Avengers, is they're all great standalone movies. They're also setting up a much larger storyline. Yeah, which I, at some point, wish that this might take a while to get through, but the three and a half hour director's cut for Ultron a, for Ultron. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that. Actually, there were a if, lot of cuts in this movie where I'm like that there there was something there. Yeah, there had to be something there that they cut out. Yeah, that was that was when I first heard that. I'm like, well, his first run was three and a half hours. I yep. hope somebody saved that all. I'm sure they did. I'm sure it will be on the DVD and Blu-ray release. Right. So anything else you want to talk about with the Avengers? Uh, James Spader's acting? Yes. James Spader could read the phone book and it would make me terrified of it. Oh my God. He's so good. Uh, this His acting makes me want to actually now go back and watch all of Blacklist. I, I've heard it is exactly the same character. Well, that would be, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. He did a fantastic job as Ultron. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was chilling. Even the scene where it's like the disembodied AIs talking to each other. Yeah. Just like, hold on. Wait, hang on. Why is, who is this? What's going, oh God. Chilling. Absolutely chilling. Very well done. So that's the review. I feel like Ultron could have been better though. Just sent one of his guys away somewhere and then just be like, if you don't hear from oh. us, then you are the last one. Well, uh, A, it wouldn't be you are the last one because they are all a single entity. Yeah. B, uh, yeah, it was stupid not to just have something secure. C, he's not dead. I thought he was dead. I thought... I never show you Vision killing him. It's just the bright white light. Remember, Vision is all about, like, I want to protect life. I don't hate Ultron. He's just trying to destroy everything in the world. Hmm. They left it open. They absolutely 
absolutely left it open. Just like the fact that there's no uh, no gravesite for Quicksilver. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they, Quicksilver is, was full of bullet holes, but they also talked about how his metabolism was super fast, i.e. like Wolverine. Mm, I don't know if they'll, they'll bring him back. I think he's supposed to be dead. Metabolism being super fast, I mean, you're more likely to bleed out, right? Maybe. Yeah. No, I don't think he's coming back. Unless, um, isn't there a life stone? No. Is there? I think there is a life stone. So if somehow Scarlet Witch gets the life stone and tries to bring back Quicksilver, that Infinity Gauntlet. I think there's a life stone. What are the different stones? Where's my Infinity Stones? Six infinity gems, soul, time, space, mind, reality, and power. I mean, reality, potentially, you could. Let's see, soul, okay. Maybe it's the reality gem, that could be it. I just said that. I know. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going through this as well, but... Right, but in any case... Good movie. I enjoyed it. Very well done movie. There was one other piece that I'm trying to remember that was was bugging me, but whatever. I'm sure it'll come up later. Random topic. Random topic... Rolled ahead of time. This one comes from the now Dr. Hansowitz. Woo! Congratulations, Hans. Dr. Hans. This man now got a doctorate, and this is the random topic he writes, all right? It is raining outside. You have a leaky roof, a crying child, and there is an African swallow dropping a coconut onto the roof of your car. What is your favorite color? Hans, I never thought he'd be the kind of guy to drop acid. (laughs) I like, I see some Monty Python in there. I, I, There's a lot of Monty Python in there. Yeah, there is a lot of Monty Python in there. But, but I, what is my favorite color with a leaky roof and an African swallow? Why is African swallows are non-migratory? What, what's it doing over here? How is it able to hold a coconut by itself? Does it grab it by the husk? No, no, African swallows could, could definitely take a coconut. Oh, the European swallow. European ones that couldn't. But African swallows are non-migratory. This I understand that the random questions are supposed to be random, but I feel like random in topic of conversation, not random in complete gibberish. Well, Andy, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is green. Okay. My Dave, favorite what? color shifts from time to time, so I, it's hard to say, but typically uh, something in the blue-green spectrum. Red, no blue. Ah! Blue, no yellow. No blue, yellow, no yellow. yellow. One or the other. Still, it shifts and you get thrown in the pit. Yeah. Oh, that would suck. Like, what is your favorite color? I, uh, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Well, it'd be really sad. Sad is like, ah, shit. He's like, yep, move on. God damn it. <laughs> From here on forward, your favorite color is brown. Is the color of shit. Uh, I think that's it. All right. I guess uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.